This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. If you smell what the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL! Welcome, football fans. This is the week of September 16th, 2018. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. And I'm Vince. And this week, well, we released this show a little bit earlier than September 16th, didn't we? Because on Tuesday of this week, we had a discussion with the head of the league, and we finally get our questions answered. This is episode 33, and this is our conversation with Oliver Luck. Guys, we are about to speak with the commissioner of the XFL finally 33 episodes in. We're speaking to someone from the league, and it is the top guy, Vince. Yeah, uh, finally an opportunity to talk with the head honcho, the guy that's making all the decisions, the guy pulling the strings here, uh, and he's going to be able to uh, let us in uh, on some information on what's going on, uh, what could we looking to see on the future, and we know he's listening, so maybe we'll toss up some of our own ideas. And Jake, this conversation we have with Oliver Luck – I, I think everybody's going to really enjoy this, but it is just the tip of the iceberg. I just feel like we could have talked for maybe five, six hours. It is really endless the amount of stuff that you could be getting into when it comes to building an entire football league. I'm sure that's what's going on in these reimagination meetings, and he did touch on that a little bit. But, I mean, uh, you know, whenever they say they're listening, they really are. So without further ado, here it is, our conversation with the commissioner of the XFL, Mr. Oliver Luck. You've done a lot of interviews, man, uh, but you're finally on the XFL show. This is the XFL show, Oliver, and you're doing it. Thank you. Well, well you're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm sorry it took so long to get on the XFL show. You, sh- <laughs> you guys should have been first in line. I know. We expected it, but you know what? Better late than never. And uh, we are XFL fans from way back. I mean, I, I watched the original season. Uh, I was living in Los Angeles at the time as a youngster, and I, I loved a lot, a lot about it. I understand there's some stuff that needs to go away for sure. Is there something from the original XFL that you personally enjoyed? Uh, there were a couple of things that I actually liked. I mean, there was a bunch of stuff I didn't like, but there were some things that I that I really did like. I liked the idea, and we're going to keep this of you know players earning bonuses for winning games, right? And I think not only did the winning players like that, but fans like that because, you know, it was you know, obviously you're going to, you know, work a little bit harder and stay focused and do your best to, you know, to win the game. And, and, you know, sports is about, you know, which team wins and which team loses. I liked that. I liked uh, as well the, uh, you know, we called it back then the spider cam, right, which now sort of commonly called the sky cam. Um, I thought uh, that was a great sort of innovation that, that Vince and the folks from NBC had, you know, in the in the first go around. I, so I thought that was 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 pretty cool. Are there any uh, team names or franchises uh, that you think can return? I know you haven't announced any cities just yet, though. Well, yeah, you're right. We haven't announced any cities. We're we're getting fairly close to uh, you know to announcing the 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 sites of the eight 
inaugural franchises. Uh, we will be in some uh, cities that uh, you know did host XFL teams in the in the past back in 2001. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to, to go any further than that, right? Uh, because uh, you know, we we think that uh, uh, you know, the gosh, we had something like over 35 or 40 you know cities, communities that responded uh, to our RFP. Clearly, a lot of sort of interest and in, in a desire to have you know a professional football franchise in the spring located in, in these markets. So uh, we want to make sure we can do it, you know, with. And really treat everybody fairly with with that. But we're we're very excited about being you know very close to uh, to making some of those announcements. Well, awesome. that's awesome, and that's that kind of that's some news right there. Back in one of the original cities, it sounds like. And uh, as an LA Extreme fan, I'll be crossing my fingers, Oliver. But we know that you have a lot of meetings and a lot of things going on. You've had these reimagination committee meetings that are seem so interesting. And the last we heard that you were discussing presentation technology with some experts. Uh, how'd that go, and what's the next step with these reimagination committees? Well, it, it's been a, an interesting process. So basically, as I think you guys know, Vince wanted uh, me and and my team, if you will, to reimagine the game. Right? He wanted a fast-paced game, sort of a high octane, lots of plays. You know, almost like a sort of a college hurry-up kind of an offense. Right? Uh, fewer stoppages, fewer breaks, more rhythm, uh, more flow. And, and those are all things I think that football fans, you know, uh, complain about. I'm a football fan. Right? I, I watch a lot of football, both live and, you know, on, on television or on, on my in my small screen. And I, you know, I, I'm like everybody else. So I sort of complain about those things. So, you know, Vince said, reimagine the game. You know, have that high-paced, high-octane uh, game, fewer stoppages, more rhythm, more flow, and get it all done in two hours and 45 minutes. So, you know, we've we've assembled a lot of different people. Uh, you know, former football coaches, current football coaches, uh, tech people, uh, guys who've you know played the game, and have really looked at uh, doing as, as much as we possibly can to accomplish that goal. Now, we're, you know, it's still going to be football, right? It's eleven on eleven. It's going to be a you know a hundred yard field with ten yard end zones and you know the same dimensions. Obviously, the blocking, the tackling, the running, the kicking, the catching—all those things that you know we enjoy with football. Uh, but but there are there are certain rules that we think we can tweak, we can modify, we can change a little bit, uh, and we're and we're trying to do all of that with an eye towards technology, right? But also with an eye towards something that I think is important, which is health and safety of players. Now, if you think about you know the XFL in in, in 2001, you know there wasn't much discussion, for better or for worse, about you know, head trauma or concussions or, you know, health and safety of players, right? That was, it wasn't that long ago, 17 years ago, but it seemed like, you know, it was, it was uh, you know, a century ago in terms of the, you know, health and safety approach. So we want to make sure, for example, that, you know, that, that certain uh, modifications that we make, you know, are, are at the end of the day better for the health and safety of the players, particularly for, you know, for head trauma, because that's something that, that uh, is a legitimate and serious challenge that the sport has. So we've been going through these reimagination sessions and really having a great time. You know, we've encouraged people to think outside the box. We've wanted to sort of take some of the best uh, ideas that, for example, exist in college football, obviously the best ideas of the NFL, and, and, and quite honestly, some of the best ideas of the Canadian Football League. You know, uh, Doug Flutie was one of our committee members, if you will, on this reimagination session, I really wanted to have a quarterback uh, who had played in both the NFL and in the CFL 
and you know, Doug was willing to do this. And you know, they have a 20-second uh, play clock up in the CFL. That's pretty fast, <laughs> you know, and that, that makes that game, if you watch it, and, of course, you know, there's not much CFL on, on US, U.S. television, um, you know, but if you watch a CFL game, there's a much, you know, snappier pace than, you know, at a, at a, at a college game in the U.S. Or, or an NFL game. And I remember asking Doug, I said, Doug, so you play in the NFL, and then they go up to Toronto to play for the Argonauts, and, of course, you win a couple of Grey Cups, but did it take you a while to, you know, adjust that clock that every quarterback has in his head? You know, about when they get up to the line of scrimmage, call the play, snap the ball, you know, not, not have a delay a game. And, you know, Doug basically said it took him, you know, basically a couple, three weeks, you know, to sort of adjust his brain, um, you know, to, to get that faster pace going. So it, it, those kind of discussions that we have. And we did all of this, right, with changes, of, you know, potential changes in the, in, in the rule book, potential changes in what I call the administrative rules, Right? You know, do you need six timeouts? What if you had only four timeouts a game? And what if two of those four timeouts were sort of the equivalent of an NBA 30-second timeout? You know, just a really short break, not a long, you know, 90-second or, or you know, two-minute break. We did all of that uh, and, and said to ourselves, we don't want anything that's considered a gimmick, right? Because I think that was, quite honestly, to be very fair, that was one of the negatives of the uh, XFL back in 2001. There were, there were some things that I think football fans found to be gimmicky, and I think people respect the game too much, they love the game too much, don't want the game to be you know, um, sort of brought down by gimmicks, right? So, you know, that's, that's been a great experience. You know, I, uh, I could spend hours talking about, Sort of the, the you know, some of the things we discussed. You know what what's the best overtime rule, right? You know, do you like the college rules? And we talked to various coaches about that. Uh, Jim Harbaugh gave us a, a pretty interesting suggestion. I won't mention it, but you know, really interesting concept that he thinks would be better than both the the college and the NFL rule. So you know, there's a lot of really interesting things that we're very excited about. I guess the important thing, Alan, is that we are able to take the time because we don't launch until 2020, you know, to, to really have these kind of reimagination sessions and talk through these issues and then test them out, right? You know, test them out with, with fans, test them out with players. I mean, we anticipate when we start signing players, uh, you know, the next calendar year in the second, first quarter, second quarter of 2019, we want to test out some of these theses that we have, right, to make sure that, uh, you know, if we do change, change a, a rule or modify a rule, that it really is, is, is good and is going to work the way we think it's going to work. Endless possibilities for sure, and and when you brought up the CFL, it actually took me a year to kind of become a fan of it, but I watch it all the time now, Oliver, and uh, you, you brought up the dimensions. Obviously, you're going to stay the same as they are here in America, so the CFL in that regard isn't being considered, but would the three downs be considered a gimmick for the XFL? Yeah, so I, I think there are a few things that we, we think are, you know, sacrosanct, if you will. And, you know, one of them is 11 players. Uh, one of them is uh, four downs, you know. Uh, just there's so much strategy that's been developed over the years and all the statistics, right? So, you know, we, we think that you know, that makes some sense. We did discuss not lengthening the field because you, in many stadiums you couldn't lengthen the field, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, you know, we considered the idea of maybe widening the field by a yard or two, right? You don't have to widen it very much, but, you know, I think as, as you guys know and your listeners know, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the field dimensions haven't changed for decades, but players have gotten, gosh, a lot bigger and a heck of a lot faster, you know? 
And uh, so, you know, we talked about hash marks as well. Where should they be? So, we, you know, we've, we kind of said to ourselves, unless we have a really compelling reason to do it, you know, then the default rule should be the NFL rule, right? Because the NFL is an extraordinarily popular league. You know, I'm, I'm like everybody else, you know, I'm in football heaven now that the regular season started, you know. So unless there's a really compelling reason to change it, you know, we think the default rule should be the NFL rule. Um, and, you know, so we, we decided at the end of the day to stay with you know, with the NFL dimensions and, and ultimately with the NFL hash marks because that, that we believe, hash marks really force – uh, you know, a defense to, to defend the entire field, and I think that makes for a little bit better game than than where, you know where the college hashes are. You see, no. Vince, Vince, I, I think Oliver got to it there, and you're going to ask him that question. <laughs> I know it. The seven on seven thing is not happening, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Luck, you know, seven on seven is is becoming very popular uh, amongst the high school ranks uh, with camps uh, going on in the off season. Uh, you know, was there any consideration? Uh, to maybe get out in front of that and, and use that as a format, or maybe even, you know, if it's not going to be for the entire game, maybe using it in, a, in an overtime situation. Uh, short answer is no. <laughs> and I, I, I love seven on seven. I mean, I, I, uh, living in Houston when, you know, my son Andrew was growing up, you know, he did seven on seven, went to all the summertime sure. tournaments. You know, I think it's awesome. It's one of the reasons that so many good college quarterbacks are coming out of you know, did come out of states like Texas where they were way ahead of the game in terms of seven on seven, right? all that great practice time. Um, we, we didn't consider it, quite honestly, because, you know, it, it, while it's fun and, and super, you know, sort of educational, if you will, and great training for quarterbacks and wideouts and obviously for defensive players as well, the so-called skill players, you know, it's not, it's not tackle football, right? And I think what That's people right. really yeah. want to see is 11 on 11 tackle football. That's where I think the full strategy comes out, you know. Uh, so um, no disrespect to 7-on-7. Seven seven. It's a great game. But ultimately, 7-on-7, seven seven, you know, really is flag football, right? It's what, what we all played in, you know, as kids, in the, you know, in the empty lot or on the street or, you know, whatever. Now they got flags, you know. Uh, but in some states have helmets and some states don't. There's, you know, some different rules. But we didn't really consider that, you know, as any kind of a, a, a focal point for 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 XFL play, we we think there's something beautiful, quite honestly, about the traditional eleven on eleven game. Oliver, this is Jake. Right now, I wanted to ask you. Uh, we understand we're going to be going to be getting city announcements coming this fall. Uh, I wanted to ask you about what the ideal XFL city is. You know, is there any criteria you guys were looking for? For example, did you you know? Did you think it would benefit the XFL to have a pro team in that market already? Were you looking for a rabid college fan base, or you know, to share any stadiums with you know, uh, with another brand? Sure. So I'll, I'll answer that by giving you uh, the the fifteen second elevator speech. So if you were in an elevator, you know, with me and had fifteen seconds, said, "Hey, Mr. Luck, you know, why why is the XFL relaunching?" I would say this that. Um, our research indicates there are 40 million passionate football fans, self-identified passionate football fans in this country. And those football fans, based on our research, you know what they want? They want more football. <laughs> and they want it at a time when there is no football, which is basically, you know, after the Super Bowl, you know, March, uh, February, March, April, you know, into May. So, um, you know, we're building our league around that passionate football fan. 
And I think there's a lot of passionate football fans all across the country. Um, you know, we, we think, quite honestly, and our research indicates this as well, there, there you know, are considerably you know, higher percentages of passionate football fans, uh, or, or I, sh- I should say higher absolute numbers of passionate football fans in our bigger markets, no surprise, in the NFL markets. Right? And those passionate football fans often you know, are season ticket holders of, of NFL uh, teams could be season ticket holders at local colleges as well. So, uh, you know, I won't answer the question of the ideal city because every city is different. Uh, and certainly there are lots of cities that have, you know, incredibly passionate football fans. But we want to put our franchises in markets where we feel pretty comfortable that there's a significant number of, of passionate football fans because our, our league really, I think, will begin with those passionate football fans. And they've told us very clearly they'd watch more NFL games. But, you know, the season stopped, <laughs> you know, and there's a limited number of football games that the body can take, right? So the NFL can't just add on, you know, two or four or six or eight more games. Uh, they love the NFL. They have no issues with the NFL. They'd watch more NFL if they could. But, you know, if you think about it, football does kind of stop cold turkey, you know, and it stops cold turkey, you know, right after the Super Bowl. And, you know, it stays sort of cold turkey, uh, you know, until until this past weekend, you know, when the when the regular season kicks off, you know, both for well, the colleges have been playing for a couple of weeks, but in you know, the first week for the NFL. So I guess short answer, we want to be in markets where, you know, we really feel like we've got lots of passionate football fans. Yeah, that stopping cold turkey is the worst, Oliver. I mean, it's going to be so great when that Super Bowl ends. We're going to have more football to look forward to year long. But the game is, is certainly changing when it comes to safety, right, Jake? We were talking about this a few shows ago. And it's a fine line, right? I think there is still, uh, you know, a fan base out there that enjoys physical football. And you guys are going to have to, you know, perform a balancing act, you know, between player safety, uh, but also catering to, you know, to a demographic that just a couple years ago in the NFL, you know, arguably was a lot more physical than it is right now. Yeah, so... You're right about you know it being a you know sort of a, a delicate line, right? And and it's moving, right? So you know I'm, I guess uh, you know someone who believes in science and believes in you know the sort of the basic rule that that you know to be a responsible citizen, a responsible business owner, or whatever that we you have to follow the science in your industry and and you know the science in our business, football, certainly the head trauma science has has developed over the last 15, 20 years. It's developed, you know, incredibly quickly. You know, before that, there was hardly any really knowledge about head trauma, the best way to treat it, you know, what should protocols be. So we have to follow the science. Uh, football is a great game. I think it will certainly remain in our lifetimes. I'm 58. You guys are obviously probably younger. But in our lifetime, I think football will remain a very physical game. It's one of the things that people like about the game. Uh, but, you know, we also uh, are trying at all levels. You know, the NFL is doing this. The, the colleges are doing this. We'll be doing this. I think, you know, even, even the high schools and, and, and the lower youth football leagues are trying to do this, trying to take the head out of the game to make it as safe as possible. I was at the Colts game against the Bengals this Sunday, and, you know, one of the, one of the uh, Bengals players got kicked out of the game, you know, for a, a helmet-to-helmet shot against my kid, right? Probably a good decision by the referees to do that. So, you know, we have to follow the science that that 
that doesn't mean the game is any less physical. I mean, if anybody's down on the sideline of a major college football game or an NFL game, it's as physical, maybe more physical than it's ever been, you know, given the increases in size and strength and, you know, the increase in speed that players have. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, it's as physical, if not more physical game today than, you know, when I played in the early eighties. So, you know, we have to be smart. We have to uh, be serious about it. We have to follow the, the science where, where it goes. Uh, but we also, I think, have to acknowledge to players, certainly professional players, uh, that, hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a rough game, guys. It's not that you don't know that. It's a rough game. You still want to play. That's great. You know, you're assuming a certain level of risk. Right, so the you know the legal proposition that there's an assumption of of the risk, and we have to make sure we share as much information as we possibly can, be as transparent as we possibly can about that information with you know with our with our players. So uh, it's a challenge. Uh, I think the game can adapt. Uh, I think the game can adapt. For example, you know a little bit better than for example other sports have adapted over you know ad- adapted over the years. Right, we all know about boxing. And uh, sort of the you know the challenges that boxing has had because of the you know dementia pugilistica, and and you know saying so I think football can be I think we can be smarter we can be a little bit more progressive, uh, and still keep you know that that physical aspect that that fans and players you know truly truly enjoy. But it, it is a challenge. But I think we all have to be you know we should be obligated to to take the challenge very seriously because it's a game absolutely worth worth protecting because it's such an important part of the fabric of our life. Absolutely, Mr. Luck. Uh, and switching gears just a little bit uh, to talk about uh, the presentation of the game. Uh, and you may not be able to speak a whole lot on this, but how uh, how important do you think it is to have the majority of the games on television versus uh, individual streaming services, and are you exploring both those options? And uh, uh, could you maybe even speak on what options you're looking at, and have you even decided to look at any sort of radio uh, broadcasts like Sirius? Well, we, I believe, have a pretty good opportunity to have both a linear television partner you know, one of the traditional networks, uh, as well as uh, a digital television partner, or perhaps digital television partners. Um, I think for any startup league like ours, that it's critical to have exposure, right? You know, we think we can put a good product in the field. We're really trying to reimagine, you know, the sort of the preparation that these eight teams and, and, and their coaches and their players are going to have, you know, as we go into the first season by really using all the sports performance science that exists to make sure that, you know, we really come out of the shoot playing good, crisp football. Uh, but so we think we can have a good product, but I think uh, to, to really – you know, get the best exposure, we're going to need uh, a linear uh, broadcast agreement. We're in discussions with a number of, of, of different networks uh, for that. We also think there's a, there's a the, you know, growing audience for, for digital broadcast. And there's some, you know, really cool te- technological things you can do with digital that uh, you really can't do with, with linear. So we think at the end of the day that we'll have, uh, you know, we'll have uh, partners in both the linear space as well as in the digital Space, you know, WWE, uh, Vince's company is, uh, you know, remarkably proficient in the work that they do 
uh, with you know their events and and how they package those events and how they stream those events and and and, and all that sort of stuff. So we've got great knowledge and great sort of expertise that we can rely on as we as we go through these discussions. Um, we we haven't quite honestly, uh, I'll be very honest, talked about you know radio. <laughs> uh, we will at some point. You know that's just not really on on the radar screen yet. Uh, again, because we don't launch until 2020, uh, but that's certainly a, a possibility. I'm, I'm like many of you, uh, addicted to my, you know, serious <laughs> channels, my sports channels uh, that I listen to, uh, along with you know some of the music channels. Uh, that that just it hasn't been on our radar screen yet. Sure. Well, it, certainly, if you're uh, if you're following Vince McMahon for uh, guidance on how to get your product out there and on on the biggest and best networks, that that's the man to follow. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, man, Oliver, this has been tremendous getting to talk so much with you. And I can only imagine what these com- these committee meetings are like. You guys are probably sitting there talking all day about the possibilities because they truly are endless for the XFL. You are league building, and we are very much looking forward to 2020 and really excited actually for next month when you will be at the uh, New Lion Sports Media and Technology Conference. We'll finish it off there. What's the goal at that event and Will this be a day that something maybe gets revealed? Oh, uh, good question. I don't know uh, if we'll reveal anything at the at the conference, but it's a great it's a great conference. I've uh, attended in the past, you know, with my previous positions at the NCAA and 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 with uh, with West Virginia University, my alma mater. You know, there's so much tech stuff happening in the world. And some of it has a, a really good application in sports. Some of it doesn't, quite honestly. You know, but the things that we're looking at, uh, you know, thinking about doing at least in terms of technology, you know, both, both, uh, you know, benefiting the fan experience, also benefiting players and coaches, right? Uh, you know, and, and our broadcast, you know, partners. So there's lots of things that, that, uh, that I think are, are really good for us to begin to digest and, and better understand. And then there's, you know, the 64,000 pound gorilla that's out there in terms of technology. And that's, you know, online mobile sports wagering, right? Sports gambling. Um, in those states, at least where, you know, the, the respective state legislature has passed laws allowing that to, you know, to take place. So that's, you know, you, you could you could have a, a bunch of shows just about that aspect alone. But you know, we think there's so many interesting things happening in the technological space that we want to make sure we can understand those. We can you know sort of share with that community what what we're thinking about doing and what we may end up doing. Uh, so that's that that's all that's all a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that next month. Yeah, absolutely. Me, t- me as well, Oliver. I really think there's huge opportunities for the XFL when it comes to apps and owning their fantasy games and owning, like you said, sports wagering. So big, big things are cooking on the road to 2020. Uh, we are 33 weeks in since the start of this show and the announcement of the XFL's return, Oliver. And ever since you were announced as the commissioner, we've been itching to get you on, and it was our pleasure having you on here for 30 good minutes. We appreciate you, and we look forward to talking to you down the road on the road to 2020. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks very much, guys. Lots to unpack there, guys. The commissioner of the XFL, Oliver Luck, I, I don't even know where to begin. I want to dissect every little thing he said. So much good stuff there. Best of all, it won't be seven on seven, Vince. A uh, little, little disappointed to hear that, but uh, <laughs> at least he listened to my idea. 
He it's took it under consideration. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if then, you would have got to him a few weeks ago, Vince, you would have had a shot. <laughs> uh, and I, I got to back him. You know, it's not. Uh, but you know, I, I still think he's going to have some ideas to reimagine the game. So much, so much to do for that man. I, I envy him, but at the same time, I can't imagine the workload Oliver Luck has, Jake. Oh, it's just uh, so so many you know good ideas out there, but you're in charge of picking the best idea. Which one is going to stick? Like you said, a lot of stuff to uh, you know to to unpackage there. Uh, we're gonna start that next week right here. Yeah, we will. We'll get really into everything Oliver Luck said there. But real quick before we get out of here, Vince, just your one main takeaway from our conversation with Oliver Luck. Uh, yeah, he alluded to you know major television network deals. Uh, something I was you know a little hesitant about, but uh, not sure if that was going to happen. But you know he makes it sound like you know there's a pretty good shot we're going to be seeing this on one of the big boys. Yeah, that that was. Very, very interesting. In talks with major networks, Jake. How about you? Your main takeaway from Oliver Luck? Well, you gotta, you gotta remember. After what we heard, the XFL is coming home to one of those original cities. Which one? We're not going to find out till this fall. But that is exciting. L.A. Extreme, L.A. Extreme. Yeah, that was probably the biggest news. You're right, Jake. But my main thing, man, he seems definitely open-minded to the gambling aspect of this, and that's how the XFL is going to really set itself apart. Apps, gambling, fantasy football, it's the future. And it's also, I think, what's going to get people really excited for the XFL, especially if uh, they feel burnt out after an NFL season. How could you, though? Just want more football. Anything else left, guys, before we head out of here into the sunset? We gave him his best, and uh, he gave us his best. Yeah, and uh, it's just great to know that he's listening. He is. He's listening to us, and he's listening to you. So keep on reaching out to the XFL on social media. They are at XFL 2020. We are at XFL Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Our website is thisisthexflshow.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Oliver Luck. We'll see you next time right here on This Is The XFL Show.